This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. There are many people who will say they're Christians and they live like Christians on the Sabbath day. But come Monday morning till the coming Sunday, they will fight their neighbor all along the way. Oh, you don't love God. If he gets into trouble and you don't try to help, then you don't love your neighbor and you don't love God. In the Holy Bible, in the book of Matthew, read the 18th chapter and the 21st verse. Jesus There's a special warning in the 35th verse. Oh, you don't love God if you don't love your neighbor. If you gossip about him, if you never have mercy. If he gets into trouble and you don't try to help him, then you don't love your neighbor and you don't love God. There's a God Almighty and you've got to love him if you want salvation and a home on high. If you say you love him while you hate your neighbor, then you don't have religion. You just told a lie. Oh, you don't love God. If you don't, don't love your neighbor. If you gossip about him. If you never have mercy. If he gets into trouble and you don't try to help him, then you don't love your neighbor. And you don't love If you see your brother standing by the road With a heavy load From the seeds he sowed And if you see your sister falling by the way Just stop and say You're going the wrong way You've got to try a little kindness Yes, show a little kindness Just shine your light for everyone to see And if you try a little kindness Then you'll overlook the blindness Of narrow-minded people On the narrow-minded streets Don't walk around the down and out Lend a helping hand Instead of doubt And the kindness that you show every day Will help someone along their 
You've got to try a little kindness. Yes, show a little kindness. Just shine your light for everyone to see. And if you try a little kindness, then you'll overlook the blindness of narrow-minded people on the narrow-minded streets. You've got to try a little kindness. Yes, show a little kindness. Just shine your light for everyone to see. And if you try a little kindness, then you'll overlook the blindness of narrow-minded people on the narrow-minded streets. Let us rejoice at God. Let us sing with all creation. God rules the earth with justice and calls us to do justice for others. Welcome to Worship, Good Neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg, and thanks today to Jim Haugrud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, Eileen Platten, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio sponsor is O.J. and Jan Ani in memory of family gone before them. And Sunday, March 19th, Tom and Lori Overby in memory of Mark Bates and Artie Langness. We also want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We want to keep you updated on uh, Holy Week coming up. And uh, April 2nd, we'll be at Deronda Lutheran at 9.30 for our Palm Sunday. Good Friday, we'll have a service at Little Falls at 6 p.m. And Easter Sunday, April 9th at Trinity at 9.30 with communion and a sunrise service at 7 and a breakfast in between. Also, after the uh, April 2nd Deronda service, we'll be having a Seder meal. And let us know if you can attend that. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have some uh, prepare a space uh, to lay before you a candle, a cross, you might enjoy making this space to enhance your home, at-home worship experience. 
You may also want to have a Bible or Bibles for the kids. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the Spirit of God, to God's love and presence, and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit our breath of life. We continue with confession and forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. God of grace and mercy, we admit to you, to ourselves, and to this community that we have caused harm to others through our actions and through our failure to act. Give us the humility to accept our failings and make things right where we can. Forgive us and help us to forgive ourselves. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. In that love, God forgives you all your sin for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now we'll continue with the gathering songs. Just a closer walk with thee. Daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. For I love Thy deeds to tell, in the place where Thou dost dwell. Let 
Continue with the litany. Our God is in all things and all people. Do we see Jesus' face when we look at our neighbors? Or do we judge them by our own standards and decide whether they are worth of our compassion and help? Do we acknowledge the injustice in our systems and see Jesus in the face of the oppressed? Or do we judge them and find them to be at fault for what happened to them? Judgment belongs to God alone. Have mercy on us, O God. Let us see the face of Jesus in our neighbors and work tirelessly for their good. Continue with the prayer of the day. Loving God, you live in each and every one of us. Help us to see you in the face of all people, that we might act in justice and mercy to all in need. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you now to share the sign of, sign of peace. Bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and use the Trinity formula. Be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures, and if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the Scripture readings. Continue with Eileen. The first reading is from Psalm 98, verses 7 through 9. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to the one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me in the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Well, good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message, or as I like to say for all of us who are still children at heart. Do you know what an extension cord does? It helps bring power or electricity to a place where there is no power or electricity. So you might use it for a lamp that's too far away from an electrical outlet. But what happens if the extension cord isn't long enough? Then you have to get a longer extension cord or you could move the lamp. But what if you can't move the lamp and you don't have a longer extension cord? Can you just unplug that extension cord you already have from the wall and bring it over to the lamp? Wouldn't that fix the problem? Nope, because the extension cord has to be plugged in to be able to send the power. Well, it just so happens that in today's scripture story, Jesus tells a story that's very similar to the idea of an extension cord. But instead of an extension cord, he's talking about people. And instead of plugging these people into an electric outlet, which would be very dangerous, he's talking about how people can be plugged into God. And when they're plugged in, Jesus says that those people are then better able to share God's love, light, and power with the people around them especially with people who are not doing very well. Jesus calls these people who shares God's love, light, and power sheep in today's story. Just, Jesus then says there are other people who are supposed to be plugged into God, but they're not plugged in. He calls those people goats in today's story. Jesus says that goats are people who are not plugged into God, and then they do not share God's love, light, and power with the people around them, even with people who are not doing so well. One of the main things Jesus taught his disciples was how they could be extension cords that plugged into God and then brought God's power and gifts to other people. And because what Jesus taught the disciples about plugging into God's power are told in our Bible stories, that means we can read these stories and learn to do the same things that Jesus was teaching the disciples to do. In other words, we can learn from the Jesus stories how to be extension cords for God. As we learn how to plug into God's power, light, and love, 
then we are also learning how to be God's sheep who shares God's love, light, and power with those who aren't yet close enough to God to be able to plug into his power, light, and love on their own. That's right, you, me, all of us. We are meant to know and then extend the, to others God's love, light, and power, just like Jesus did. That is the good news for today, so could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for Jesus who teaches us how to receive your love, light, and power so that we can extend your love, light, and power to others. Thank you and amen. Jesus bids us shine with a clear, pure light Like a little candle burning in the night In this world of darkness we must shine you in your small corner and I in mine. Jesus bids us shine first of all for him. Well, he sees and knows it if our light is dim. He looks down from heaven, sees us shine. You in your small corner and I in mine. Jesus bids us shine then for all around Many kinds of darkness in this world abound Sin and want and sorrow we must shine You in your small corner and I in mine Jesus bids us share as we work for him Bringing those that wander from the past of sin He will ever help us if we share You in your small corner and everywhere Children of the Heavenly Father Safely in His bosom gather Nestling bird nor star in heaven, such a refuge was given. God his own doth tend and nourish, in his holy courts they flourish. From all evil things he spares them, in his mighty arms he bears them. Neither life nor death shall ever From the Lord his children sever Unto them his grace he showeth And their sorrows all he knoweth Though he giveth or he taketh God his children ne'er forsaketh is a loving purpose solely to preserve them pure and holy. This morning I'd like to share a story of, called Martin the Cobbler. It was written by a, a man who seemed to catch the feeling of the gospel text very well. He uh, he didn't do what I usually do. I usually go and find myself uh, looking more at 
the last part of the story where it's the goats and they don't take care of who God is. And Leo Tolstoy in this fable uh, helps us understand this story a little bit better. It's a little bit long, but I hope you enjoy and just sit back and, and enjoy. In a certain town there lived a cobbler, Martin by name. He was a good cobbler, honest and fair with his prices, and many people brought their boots to him to be fixed. There was hardly a pair of boots in the village that he did not know by sight. But Martin was unhappy. It seemed to him that there was nothing left to live for. Oh, there was his work, but the work was becoming harder and harder. His hands had become unsteady through the years, and his eyes had dimmed from the hours of close work. When he was a young man, he had a family to live for. But alas, tragedy struck fast, and Martin lost his oldest child and his wife, leaving him with a boy to care for. He had always been a good man and cared well for the child. But as fate would have it, just when the boy reached an age where he could help his father, he fell ill and died. Martin gave way to despair, and in his sorrow he blamed the Lord for taking his family away from him. He wished that he would die too. For Martin, the days passed almost unnoticed, one after the other. Martin paid attention only to his work. Then one day, an old pilgrim visited Martin. Holy man, why have you come to see me? asked Martin. I was told I would find an expert cobbler on the other side of this door. That you have, pilgrim, replied Martin. Come in. What is it that you had in mind? New soles, new heels? No, Martin, what I need is a new binding for this ancient book of the Lord, answered the pilgrim. This holy book has been handed down from pilgrim to pilgrim, and I bring it to you so that it may be preserved and protected for ages to come. I am greatly honored, Martin began, but I am afraid you have come to the wrong cobbler. God and I have not been getting on well. Take this precious book to someone more holy than I. Tell me, asked the pilgrim, what's this trouble between you and the Lord? I am without hope, holy man. Sadly, all that has happened to him over the years, all I ask of God is that I may soon die. Perhaps you are in despair, Martin, because you live only for yourself, said the pilgrim. Martin looked up questioningly, what else is there to live for? For God, God, Martin, he gives you life, and you must live for him. Here, read the book if you like. Perhaps it will help. I must leave now, said the pilgrim, for a long journey lies ahead. Take care, Martin. I will return for the book. Farewell. Martin was curious about the book. He read it a little at a time, and he found that when he had finished reading, his heart was lighter. The more he read, the more he saw how he might live his life for God. One part of the book told him of a rich merchant invited, uh, a rich merchant invited the Lord to be his guest, but did not treat him as a guest, did not welcome him. Martin thought to himself, why that must, rich mar merchant must be like me. He too thought only of himself, no care for his guest. Yet it was the Lord who was his guest. If he came to me, would I act like that? Martin shook his head. 
No, if the Lord were my guest, I would give him all the signs of welcome. Then Martin became drowsy and laid his head on his arms and fell asleep. Martin, he suddenly heard a voice as if someone had breathed the word above his ear. He started, started from his sleep. Who's there, he asked. He turned around and looked at the door. No one was there. Then he heard, Martin, Martin, look into the street tomorrow, for I shall come. Martin did not know whether he was dreaming or had really heard the words. He decided it was time for bed. But next morning he rose before daylight, lit the fire and prepared his breakfast. Then he sat down at his bench by the window. As he worked, Martin thought over what had happened the night before. At times it seemed like a dream and at times he thought he had really heard the voice. So he sat by the window and whenever anyone passed, by an unfamiliar boots, he would stop and look up to see not only the feet of the passerby, but the face as well. Presently, an old soldier named Stepanich came near the window to clear away the snow with his shovel. Martin knew him by his felt boots, which were old and shabby with leather bottoms. Martin glanced at Stepanich and went on with his work. I must be growing crazy with age, said Martin to himself. Stepanich comes to clear away the snow, and I imagine it's the Lord coming to visit me. Foolish old man that I am. Martin made a few more stitches and then felt drawn to the window again. Old Stepanich looked tired and weak. He was trying to warm himself. What if I called him in and gave him some tea, thought Martin. He made some tea and then tapped the window with his fingers. Stepanich turned and came to the window. Martin beckoned him in and went himself to the door. Come in, said Martin. Come and warm yourself a bit. I'm sure you must be cold. Uh, God bless you, Stepanich answered. My bones do ache, to be sure. Ah, such tea, sighed Stepanich when he'd finished his. It's very good. Well, here, said Martin, let me pour you another cup. Stepanich noticed that Martin kept looking out toward the street. Are you expecting someone, he asked. Martin smiled, am I expecting someone? Well, now I'm ashamed to tell you. It isn't that I really expect someone, but I heard something last night that made me think the Lord is going to visit me today. I can't get the idea out of my mind, and I keep looking for him. Stepanich nodded his head and finished his tea, saying, thank you, Martin. You have given food for my body and soul. You're very welcome. Come again another time. I am glad to have a guest, said Martin. Stepanich went away and Martin poured out the last of the tea and drank it up. Then he put away the tea things and sat down to his work, stitching the back seam of a boot. And as he stitched, he kept looking out the window, thinking about the Lord's promise to visit him. Two soldiers went by, one in government boots, the other in boots Martin had made. Then the master of a neighboring house in shining galoshes, then a baker carrying a basket. Then a woman passed the window, but stopped by the wall. Martin glanced up at her and saw she was a stranger, poorly dressed and with a baby in her arms. She had her back to the wind, trying to protect the baby while the little wrapping she, with the little wrapping she used as a blanket. 
Through the window, Martin heard the baby crying and a woman trying to soothe it. Martin hurried to the door and called her, my dear, I, I say my dear. The startled woman turned around. Why do you stand out there with the baby in the cold? Come inside. You can wrap him up better in a warm place. Come this way. The woman was surprised to see an old man in an apron calling to her, but she followed him in. There, my dear, sit down next to the stove, invited Martin. Warm yourself and eat some porridge while I mind the baby. I've had children of my own. After the woman finished her porridge, she began to tell Martin her story. I'm a soldier's wife, she said. They sent my husband somewhere far away eight months ago, and I have not heard nothing of him since. I had a place as cook, but after my baby was born, they would not allow me to stay. For three months I have been struggling and not able to find a place, and I've had to sell all I had for food. Martin sighed, haven't you any warmer clothing, he asked. No, the woman replied sadly, I had to pawn my shawl just this morning. Martin gently handled the child back to the woman and went to look through some old clothes hanging on the wall. He brought out an old cloak. Here, he said, though it's old and worn, it will keep you both warm. The woman looked at the cloak, then at the old man, and taking it, burst into tears. Bless you, my friend, she sobbed. Surely the Lord must have sent me to your window. Martin smiled. Yes, it was no mere chance that made me look out today. And he told the woman his dream and how he had heard the Lord's voice promising to visit him that day. Who knows, all things are possible, said the woman, wrapping the cloak around herself and the baby. And she bowed and thanked Martin once more. After the woman had gone, Martin ate some cabbage soup, cleared the things away, and sat down to work again. But he did not forget the window, and every time a shadow fell on it, he looked up to see if someone was coming. After a while, Martin saw an apple woman stop in front of his window. She had a large basket, which she had set down a moment while she rested. Just then a boy in a tattered cap ran up, snatched an apple with, from the basket and tried to slip away. But the woman saw him and caught the boy by his sleeve. The boy began to struggle, but the old woman knocked his cap off and seized hold, seized hold of his hair. Martin dropped his work and ran out into the street. Why, you little rascal, the old woman was scolding. You know better than to steal. I'm going to teach you a lesson. Martin separated the two, taking the boy by the hand. Let him go, Granny. Let him go. I'll make him pay, the old woman protested. I'll take him to the police. He won't do it again, Martin pleaded. Let the boy go. The woman let go, and the boy began to cry and say he was sorry. That's right, Martin said to the boy, and don't do it again. Now here's an apple for you. Then to the old woman, I will pay you, Granny. You'll spoil the rascal that way, said the old woman. He should be whipped so that he will remember it for a week. Oh, Granny, Granny, said Martin. That's our way, but it's not God's way. If he should be whipped for an apple, what should be done to us? The old woman was silent. God bids us forgive, said Martin. Forgive everyone. 
and a thoughtless youngster, most of all. The old woman wagged her head and sighed. It's true enough, she said, but they are getting terribly spoiled. Then we old ones must show them better ways, Martin replied. The boy was listening quietly now, and as the old woman was about to lift her basket, the lad sprang forward. Let me carry it for you, Granny, he offered. I'm going that way. The old woman nodded her head, and they went down the street together, chatting as they walked. When they were out of sight, Martin went back to the house. He finished off one boot and, turning it about, examined it. It was all right. He gathered his tools together, swept up the cuttings, and put away the bristles and the thread and the owls. Then he placed the lamp on the table. He took the holy book from the shelf. He meant to open it at a place he had marked the day before, but the book opened to another place. As he opened it, Martin's dream came back to him. And no sooner had he thought of it than he seemed to hear footsteps as though someone were moving behind him. Martin turned around and it seemed to him, to him as if people were standing in the dark corner, but, but he could not make out who they were. A voice whispered in his ear, Martin, Martin, don't you know me? Who is it, murmured Martin. It is I, said the voice, and out of the dark corner stepped Stepanich, who smiled and vanishing like a cloud was seen no more. It is I, said the voice again, and out of the dark stepped a woman with a baby in her arms, and the woman smiled and the baby laughed, and they too vanished. It is I, said the voice once more, and the old woman and the boy with the apple stepped out and both smiled, and then they too vanished. Martin's soul grew glad. He began reading the book just where it had opened, and at the top of the page he read, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. And at the bottom of the page he read, Inasmuch as you did it unto one of these, you did it unto me. Then Martin understood that his dream had come true, that their Lord really had come to him that day, and Martin had welcomed him. I like this story for two very quick things. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but sometimes we get to where we think to be a servant of God, we must be the evangelist out on the street corner. We must be a great preacher. We must be somebody who does great things for God. This reminds us again, simple kindnesses are an example and a way of God. And it is in simple kindness that we welcome Jesus into our hearts and our lives. We see him anew. The second thing is, when we do these things, we are met by an unexpected guest, Jesus. What a beautiful story for us to remember, not to worry about being a goat or a sheep, just remember that as we follow Jesus, we welcome him and look for him in everyday activity. We see him in the hurts and the needs of other people. And as we care for him, once in a while, we'll catch a glimpse of our Savior. Amen. In the morning when I rise,
was my cry Dark midnight was my cry Dark midnight was my cry Give me Jesus Just about the break of day Just about the break of day Let us confess together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Trusting in the promise of Jesus Christ's unending love, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Ever-present God, give us eyes to see you in the faces of others, that we might be Christ for them in their need. Help us, too, to accept the help of others when we are in need. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Your blessed creation relies upon us to preserve, protect, and nurture it. Make us committed stewards of all the earth that all might thrive. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. As we walk together on this journey of Lent, give us the humility to see where we have failed to care for you. Free us from judgment that we might love and serve all people regardless of who we think they are. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Strengthen caregivers, medical staff, and all who serve you by working for the health of others. Pour your healing blessing upon all who are ill or in pain, especially Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Jim Wade, Randy Goglin, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Helen Erickson, Shirley Lenz, Julie Dubois, Wayne Jones. Rachel Seacrest, Scott Morgan, Arlene Johnson, Matt Crerup, Ida Martinson, Jean Hoisington, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Becky Anderson, 
Helen Jorgensen, Ron Wilson, and Dave Christensen. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Help us live in peace with all your children throughout the world. Make us ever mindful that you are in each of us, and we should treat one another accordingly. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We remember with thanksgiving all the saints who have clothed, fed, and visited countless people in need. Inspire us by their example to live in faithfulness to you. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We lift these prayers to you, gracious God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and to serve our neighbors. Let us pray. God of justice, so many are hungry, naked, sick, and imprisoned. Give us hearts to respond generously to the needs of others and make us aware that in so doing, we are caring for you. We offer these gifts to your work of justice and equity in the world. Accept them, we pray, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright, who will bear my light to them, whom shall I Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you They turn away. 
will break their hearts of stone Give them hearts for love alone I will speak my word to them Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night I will go, Lord If you need me I will hold your people in my heart I, the Lord of I will tend the poor and lame I will set a feast for them My hand will save Finest bread I will provide Till their hearts be satisfied I will give my life to them Whom shall I send? Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amor, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. If